Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for this episode of Business Q&A. This is UTLRadio.com, your business success and legal information station, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Well, today is a very interesting show. If you are looking for your first business space, your first office space, you're interested in leasing a space, well, today I'm going to talk to you about what you need to look for in a space, what you need to look for in the lease and the landlord. I'll talk to you a little bit about going on a walkthrough, inspecting the premises uh, in an informal manner, and then uh, negotiating the lease so that you get the best possible space for the best possible price possible. And, you know, it's it's um, something that we often overlook as entrepreneurs or startup businesses. You just think, hey, I need an office. But there's a lot that goes into it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do, I just want to talk to you for a second about BlakeDevelopment.net. Take a listen to this. BlakeDevelopment.net is the discount leader in website design hosting and online marketing. Websites start at just $200, and they have search engine optimization packages starting at $300. BlakeDevelopment.net also specializes in logo creation and trademark. Call 844-SITE-123. That's 844-SITE-123. So if you're interested or in the market for a mobile app or a mobile website or a website to be designed and built for your company, software design, online marketing, logo creation, check out blakedevelopment.net. That's B-L-A-K-E development.net. All right, let's get into the question. So the question that I was asked, which has uh, led me to, to this episode, uh, is a basic question. And the question reads, I am looking for my first small office. I have no idea what I I should be looking for, no idea about potential growth, and no idea about commercial leases. Please help. And that started me thinking about how we go about looking for office space and what that decision is. And, you know, what do we actually know as entrepreneurs and as small business startups about our first office space? So what I did is I called a bunch of people that I have had um, either worked with in the past as startups, and I said to them, listen, I want you to tell me when you first decided that it was time to maybe move out of, of your basement or your garage and get your first office space, how many of you were happy with the first office that you selected? And I asked 10 people. And out of those 10 people, eight of them said to me, I'm glad I did it. It was a starting point, but it was terrible. The office space was terrible, or the landlord was a jerk, or I couldn't get out of my lease, and even though it was time for me to grow, I was stuck in this lease. So eight out of the 10 people that I've spoken to about their first office space had something negative to say about it. So I figured, you know what, let's do a show, let's kind of expand the question that's being asked, and let me try to give you some insight so that you know, you've know you got a better idea when you're going out and looking for that first office of what you need to be looking for. So let's start at the beginning. The decision to go out and get an office. What is that decision? What does it look like? Well, you know what? Only you know whether or not your type of business requires you to have an office. If you are 
a freelancer or you are going to be doing some sort of uh, software development or design or something where you don't necessarily need to bring clientele to an office, you might want to consider with your, you know, your first year of business working as cheaply as possible because let's face it, an office space is not an asset. Okay, it's not an asset on your taxes. It's not an asset anywhere. And if you don't have people coming in to see you in an office and you don't need to entertain clients or have meetings, then maybe you don't need an office. And that's a mistake that a lot of startup businesses make. They think, all right, I'm ready to go. I need an office. They go out, they spend X amount of dollars per month at an office that they sit in by themselves And really, they could be saving that money and putting it towards promotion of their product, design of their website, whatever it might be. It doesn't necessarily need to be going into a landlord's pocket when you don't need the space. So first things first, figure out if you actually need to have an office space. Can you work somewhere else and be as effective? You know, there are a lot of people who will go out and they'll work in some of these shared office spaces. Now, I know Wix, for example, the, the website company, there's a number or at least one, I shouldn't say number, there's at least one facility in Manhattan where if you are a Wix subscriber, you can go in and you can use their shared office space for, I believe it's for free. And so that's a great alternative to somebody who needs to maybe get out of their house or they their house is too small. Look for things like that. And again, this is when you don't need to entertain clients. If you don't need to have an office, then don't get one for the simple fact that you want to say you have an office. You can work remotely. You can work at home. You can work at a shared office space, something like that Wix uh, office space where they don't charge you anything. So consider those options, okay? Another option to consider is the idea of a virtual office, which is where you pay somebody to use their address or take that a step forward and maybe a shared office agreement where maybe you use somebody else's office one, two, three times, whatever it might be, per week. And maybe your your monthly bill, your monthly lease will be $150 a month. And for that $150 a month, maybe you get to go use the space, uh, you know, five days a week, three days a week, two days a week. There are alternatives where you don't have to lock yourself into a substantial lease. I would encourage you to explore them first if you're not in dire need of having an office to entertain people, to bring people in, to show people things. Okay, so consider that. One word of caution is there are a lot of places out there. I'm not going to mention the names, but there are a lot of places out there that... um, nationally recognized companies promoting shared office space and you know it looks like it's a good deal you go on the website it looks like it's something that's affordable and then when you actually speak to them you find out that it's double or triple the price and I would just say before you jump on board with a company like that make sure you've researched your other options especially if like I said You don't necessarily need to have people in the office, okay? Think back to Steve Jobs. Where did he start Apple? In his garage. And 
obviously, you know, you can't continue to grow a company like that in your garage. But my point is that you don't need to go out and throw money in a landlord's pocket if you don't necessarily need the space. So step one is honestly look at your business, your business model, what you're providing, and find out if you need something. If you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, a dentist, if you know, you're know you in a profession where you need clients to be coming in and meeting with you, then chances are you're going to need an office. But if you're a behind-the-scenes guy then or girl, then maybe you don't. So consider that, okay? Now, beyond that, let's say that you've decided, hey, I do need an office. Okay, fine. What do you need? I think that we get caught up in this idea of what the office looks like versus how functional is it going to be? How many people do you need to put into this office? Is it just you? Is it you and an assistant? Is it you and three other people? That has a, or it's a big factor, I should say, as to what you're going to be looking for. And so let's say, for example, that it's just you and an assistant. Well, you know, you're often... I think, well, people are prone to think positively, okay, especially when you're starting a business. And, and, you know, you've got this tendency to think, all right, I'm going to be growing in the next year, so here's a space for $750 a month that really accommodates two of us, and it's got a little extra space. Um, and here's another space that's twelve dollars or $1,300, $1,400, almost double, right? And that allows us to grow and we can put more people in there. Well, only you again know whether or not that's the right move for you. Because consider this, if you're able to sign a short-term lease a year, a year and a half, six months, then it might make sense. And again, we're talking about startups, entrepreneurs. We're not talking about established businesses. You might want to consider, let's take that one-year lease, let's deal with this smaller space, let's grow our business, and then we'll make that jump in the next year to a larger space, okay? And sometimes, quite frankly, if you see that you're growing, you've got a one-year lease, you're growing, you've got a lot of business, you need to hire some people, you know, you make it work because in the long run, it'll be cheaper. So maybe if you've got to divide the smaller office up and put two cubicles in there or... Uh, a workstation for somebody that they've got to share with another person, it might make financial sense to you for you to do that. So don't don't go into this process saying, I need to consider what's going to happen in the next five years. And some of you might say, oh, that's short-term thinking. But I'm talking about dollars and cents here. I'm talking about you're a startup. Do you really want to go out and sign a lease a five-year lease with somebody for $2,500 a month and you don't know if you can sustain that because I'll tell you this much, with commercial real estate, 99% of the time, if you can't pay your lease, you are not going to be able to go to that landlord and say, hey, I'm really sorry, I kind of overextended myself, my business isn't doing good, will you let me out of the lease? Not for free will they let you out of the lease. They might make you pay a year or two or three, but they're going to want money. And even though they've got this legal duty to mitigate their damages and try to get somebody else in, 
look, I've been through this so many times. It just doesn't happen that way. You're going to be hit with a big bill. You're going to have a lot of difficulty, and it's going to consume a great deal of your time, which prevents you from moving forward with growing your business. So I would say consider your needs. Don't overextend yourself and select an office space that is right for you now so long as you can get it on a short-term basis. Does that make sense? I think that you'll find that you'll save money. And you also, from a psychological standpoint, you know, a lot of times startups, you're nervous. You're nervous. And I know that there are all these people out there that say, oh, you know, you're going to do it. You're going to just keep going and going and going. And uh, no negativity. I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. Sometimes it's better off to, to start small. And to work yourself up, to build yourself up to having a big staff, a big office, etc. So just be aware of that. I'm talking practically. I'm not talking about let's pump you up with nonsense so you go out there and do, do, do. And then you realize, oh, man, this isn't what I thought. Now I can't afford this and I've got a five-year lease I'm locked into. Okay, so pay attention to that. Um, A lot of times, right, you'll go out and you'll get a, a broker, a real estate agent that will show you this commercial property. And they will convince you or do their best to convince you that you need this space. You need this space. And yeah, it's a little bit more money, but it's only X dollars per square foot. That's a a tactic, okay? Because what happens in commercial real estate is that oftentimes it's priced by the square foot. And so something might be priced by the square foot and it might be reasonably priced but if the square footage is so large that you don't need it then why are you going to pay so much money simply because it's a low square footage price but a lot of times brokers remember they want to close the deal because that's how they get a commission even on a lease you know they get money for getting you into that space you don't want to be kind of suckered into this idea of thinking oh wow but it's a low price per square foot. Yeah, but what if they're giving you a 3,000 square foot office and all you need is a 1,000? What good does that do you? I have actually been with clients when, you know, we've gone out to see a space with a with a real estate agent and one in particular happened a few months ago. We went out and uh, this this business needed room for four people and there was an office that had um, four offices and kind of like a bullpen area, you know, like a big open area where they could put a copy machine, put some desks if they needed to get some support staff in. And um, there was a very small conference room. And that office was reasonably priced. Okay, so they go to the, the real estate showing, they go with their broker, and they go see this other space. And this space had six offices, room, a conference room that was really, really nice, uh, and and also like a bullpen area, so more room. They had a reception area. And the, the broker kept harping upon the fact that on a, a square foot basis, the price per square foot is cheaper than the first office they saw. But the total cost of the lease, it was over a $1,500 difference. So again, you know, you got to Think about it before you just jump in and make a decision. The broker wants to get as much money as possible. So while they're going to do a good job for you in theory, 
They're also thinking about their own commission. So be aware of that and just stick to your guns and, and, and say, hey, wait a minute, this is a really great space and I really do love the price per square foot, but I don't need that right now. So keep that in mind. Now, let's say that you see a space that you love, okay, and you're ready to, to, to sign a letter of intent um, and then start negotiating the, the lease. Well, clearly you'll have done a walkthrough already to see if you like the space, but now you need to kind of either go back and look around for, let's call it informal inspection issues. Okay, with, with a home, right? You're going to go out and you're going to get a residential home inspector to come in and look at things. And if you're buying a commercial property, you're going to get a commercial inspector to come out and look at things. But oftentimes when you're leasing a space, there's no such thing as an expert to come in and review the condition of the premises. It's basically up to you. So I want to give you a few things that you need to look for. All right. First of all, if there's a basement space, obviously you've got to look for water because if you're going to use the basement for storage or office space or, um, you know, whatever it might be, filing, you've got to make sure that there's no water seepage. Look at the walls. Look for water stains. Look for any indication that there's been a flood or flooding. All right, that's important to look for. Another thing that's important to look for is, is there handicap access to the building if your clientele possibly could be handicapped? So, for example, if you're a doctor and you're looking at a space on the second floor of a building and there's only stairs, no elevator, and no ramp, that might not be the best space for you because how are your handicapped or injured clients going to get to you? They're not. Same thing with like if you're a personal injury lawyer and you're going out trying to attract a lot of people that are injured and you're on the second or third floor of a building with no elevator, what good does that do you? So you got to think about those things. You got to look specifically for those issues. Now also, you want to go in and you want to look at the windows, make sure that there's no water damage coming in from the windows and the ceilings. Look around, see if there's stains on the tile. If there's stains on the tile, they didn't come there on the ceiling tile. They didn't come there by accident. They didn't come because, you know, uh, somebody had food in the toaster oven too long and it burned the ceiling. It's probably from water damage, which would suggest that there's an issue with the, the roof. And plenty of people have seen tiles that have a stain on them and they're told, oh, that's an old leak. Well, you know what? In that case, I'd want to ask a lot of questions and then maybe I'd want to say, hey, listen, I want to lease this space, but I want this addressed or I want this looked at. And then maybe you bring somebody in to look at it for you. But you've got to make those observations. You also want to look and look and see, is the building cable ready? Uh, is it, you know What about internet? How is that going to be hooked up? Do you have cable? Do you have uh, a Verizon line coming into the building? Because sometimes you'll get a space where the prior owner Believe it or not, this absolutely happens. There's no internet access, right? There's no cable wires coming in. Maybe it's because they use somebody else's Wi-Fi. Maybe it's because they didn't require computers. Who knows? But these things happen, so you've got to look for that too. Also, you want to look for uh, any issues with flooring, loose carpeting, things that could potentially be a tripping hazard. You want to look for 
outlets. I mean, if you're going to be renting a space and you're going to be doing a lot of computer work, maybe you're a web designer or a graphic designer and you need to have enough outlets, you got to make sure that they can handle the electrical load. So those are things you need to look at. And you can do that on your own really without an expert because all of those things are pretty much open and obvious. And then if you see something that warrants more investigation, then don't hesitate to say to the landlord or the agent, hey, I want to bring somebody in and I want them to uh, just check into this for me. There's nothing wrong with that at all. All right. Now, most of the times you're not going to meet the landlord. Okay, not with a small commercial space. You're going to be dealing with a broker and the landlord's agent, and they're going to help you with the lease, and, and you don't ever see the landlord. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but regardless, you need to have an understanding of what the landlord is like, and you can do that in a few ways. Obviously, when you get the lease proposal or the letter of intent or any of the, the documents that are going to uh affirm the lease and, and, and get you under contract, you're going to be able to tell by the landlord's demeanor in the negotiations as to whether or not this is somebody that you're going to be able to work with. If you have some small requests in the lease agreement and you try to negotiate it through your broker and the landlord comes back with nose to everything that are silly, like for example, maybe he says, um, you know, we'll provide you with two keys and you need three keys, you know, something silly like that. And he says, absolutely not. There's only two keys allowed. That could be a problem, you know, because now maybe he's being completely unreasonable and you've got to know that. So the negotiation process is going to help you learn a lot about the landlord and often, um, you know, or other in other times, maybe you'll actually meet the landlord. Uh, there was a client who was looking for a space and it was on a property that had two buildings. Both of them were like homes, but they were commercial use. And the landowner, the landlord, had his office in the other home. And there was a shared driveway. And the landlord was very nice, but was constantly up in your business. Wanted to know what's going on. What are you looking for? Not just like in a friendly sense, but, you know, like hey, I want to be in your business because I own this property. And I mentioned that to the client, and they said, no, we feel comfortable with it. They, they went forward and they signed a lease. And about six months later, I got a call. They said to me, oh, my God, you were so right. This guy is over here every week, sometimes multiple times a week, wanting to know what we're doing, um, You know, not from a, hey, how can I help you standpoint, but from a nosy interfering, obnoxious standpoint that makes it extremely difficult to to work in the space. So you got to be aware of that and you got to observe those kind of clues when you are looking at either the negotiation process or if you meet the landlord directly. Okay. Look, bottom line is the landlord might own the building, but you have a right as a tenant to all of the provisions and uh requirements and things that you're you're um, you're afforded under the lease you know like quiet enjoyment that sort of thing and and not not to interfere and uh, if you've got a landlord that just wants to be super nosy and that's going to inhibit your business then you might not want that so you got to look at that and the best way I, I think the best way to kind of determine what the landlord's uh, demeanor and attitude is aside from meeting him or her, is to see how they deal with you on the lease negotiations. 
All right, let's jump ahead now to the lease. What do you want to look for in the lease? Well, there's a couple things that you need to be aware of. First of all, many commercial spaces have leases that are called triple net lease. Uh, you know what a triple net lease is? Well, basically what it is is you are required to pay insurance, taxes, and make repairs on the subject premises, on the rental space. So on a triple net lease, you're essentially responsible for everything and the landlord is responsible for minor things. So triple net lease, you might be responsible if the roof gets damaged. You might be responsible if the hot water heater goes down. You might be responsible if you need to hire an electrician. Uh, you're responsible for the taxes. So you've got to be aware of that. A triple net lease kind of passes the obligation that the landlord or landowner has onto you. And there are a ton. I mean, this isn't something that's like, oh, what is he talking about? Is this something that happens every once in a while? Absolutely not. This is something that's out there that's prevalent. Triple net leases. I went to look at a space with somebody not too long ago, and it was a building where the roof needed repair, and the landlord wanted a triple net lease, which was going to obligate that tenant to make the repairs, and they tried to negotiate out of it. We tried to negotiate it for them, and the landlord wouldn't have it because the landlord didn't want to be responsible for making the repairs. So be aware of triple net leases. And you can ask your broker if it is a triple net lease. You can ask them. Most brokers are knowledgeable when it comes to that. And you'll be able to say to them, hey, is this a triple net lease? And they'll be able to tell you. Another thing you want to look for is ascending or increasing uh, rental fees over the period of the lease. Make sure that the percentage increase, do the math in other words, make sure that the percentage increase is something that you think you can handle. If you're going to start off with a five-year lease and you've got $1,000 payments for the first year and then $1,500 for the second year and then it jumps to $2,000 for the third and $2,500 for the fourth, you know, you've got to figure out, can you sustain that? Are you going to grow in that same percentage increase that the, rates, the rent's going to be? So you got to consider that too. Look at that. Also, look and see what the obligations are as far as you go. What about if you've got to have deliveries made? What if you've got to have you know access after hours? All of these things are important. And I think one of the keys that people overlook all the time because they think, oh, it's just me. I'm renting a small space. Have the stupid thing reviewed by an attorney. Really, it's not that expensive. Have an attorney look at your lease so that you don't get stuck. You know, I can't emphasize this enough. There are tons of times where I tell people you don't need a lawyer, right? That's part of the purpose of this show, of, of utlradio.com. You can do things on your own. You don't always need a lawyer. But there are things where I think you definitely do, and commercial lease reviews, no matter how small, they're one of those things. So don't be, don't be penny-wise and pound-foolish just get somebody to quickly look over the lease for you, okay? If it's a small small lease, it's going to be small bucks that you're going to have to pay. But it'll save you big bucks in the end. So those are some of the things that you want to look for. Now, when you go to negotiate the lease, you don't want to ask for things that are completely unreasonable or outside the norm because a sophisticated landlord will know that you don't know what you're doing and shut you down and realize that they don't even want you as a tenant because they're going to be trying to figure out you just as much as you're going to be trying to figure out them. If you appear to be a problem, 
then they're not going to want to work with you, okay? And they'll say, oh, we've changed our mind or we found somebody else. So don't ask for the moon. Ask for what's reasonable. You have to understand the provisions in the lease in order to do that, and that's why I say have it reviewed by an attorney and let the attorney sit with you and say, I think you should try to negotiate A, B, and C. Uh, So don't be unreasonable, and don't also back down. If you see something or your attorney tells you, hey, look, this is a potential problem, you're ultimately the decision maker there. If you think it's okay, then go for it. If you don't or you're unsure, then don't sign it because once you sign it, it's a binding contract. So I would suggest to you that if you don't like something and you want it changed and the landlord does not change it for you, go back, talk to your attorney, think twice before you sign the agreement because you know you don't want to have objected to something because it was wrong in the first place and then because the landlord is playing hard to get, you know, you say, okay, I'll just take it. If you don't think it works for you, don't take it. There are plenty of commercial properties out there. You've got to find the right one for you. All right. Well, I uh, I, I talked a little bit longer than I had uh, thought I would today, and I don't want to uh, make this so long that you know you kind of lose focus on what I was saying. So I'll suggest this to you: if you're interested in learning more about how to negotiate a commercial lease or any of the things that we talked about today reach out to me at info at utlradio.com. Send me a message and let me know that you'd like more and we will either talk with you directly or we can prepare some uh, some videos on our YouTube channel, which, by the way, everyone should be subscribing to, or we'll do some subsequent podcasts that deal specifically with some of those targeted areas that you'd like to see. Now, don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google+, on YouTube, in the comments section, on Blog Talk Radio, on Stitcher, on everywhere. Okay, we are everywhere. All you've got to do is look. And if you're trying to find one central place to do that, to connect with us, well, that's our website, and that's utlradio.com. You can go there, and all the links are available to you. You can find ways to contact us. There's a phone number if you need to speak with us directly. It's all there. Don't forget, when you do head over to utlradio.com, there is a free um, guide. It is the top 10 legal writing tips for non-lawyers. So if you've got to write a letter to the court, you've got to write a motion, you've got to write a letter to the guy that lives next door to you because his music is blaring all night long, just take a look at the free guide. It, it gives you the top 10 tips, how to make your legal writing stand out, how to make it Uh, something that actually works for you. So check that out. All right, I want to thank everybody for subscribing. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I want to thank you for being uh, utlradio.com fans and letting you know how much I appreciate all that you do, all of the comments and feedback, and I'm so thrilled to know that you love what we're doing. So keep those comments and questions coming. Before we sign off today, I just want to remind you that if you're in the market for a website, a mobile app, you need to make your website mobile compatible. If you need a logo, somebody to manage your Facebook pages, anything that you need with respect to your online presence, head over to blakedevelopment.net. That's blakedevelopment.net and check out what they have, uh, highly professional and very affordable So go to blakedevelopment.net. 
All right, that's going to do it for today. Thank you again for uh, tuning in. Please don't forget to share this information with your friends, family, and colleagues, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station. I'll see you next time.